0: Foundations.
1: You've come to this conclusion that what God gave as far as instructions, and okay, you're talking about the priesthood and everything, that's all part of the law system, and it was for forever, but it was specifically to the Jewish people and to the alien living among
0: them. Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith, with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. One of the most controversial subjects in the Bible, or the New Covenant, is the law of God. Is it applicable or not? What are we required to observe, and what is obsolete and unnecessary? And as we wrestle with these questions, the most important question to ask is, what is the purpose of the law? Why did God give it in the first place?
1: It is very, very controversial, this subject, because as soon as you mention the law, It's like Christians go running, screaming (laughs) from the room and seeing nothing but heels and elbows as though the law is a very, very wicked, evil thing and that if somehow you respect the law or you want to observe some parts of the law that you've suddenly fallen from grace, Mm. you're no longer saved and you've come under some kind of a condemnation. And it all comes down to the fact that people don't understand the law or what its purpose was. It's Mm. really important to understand the purpose of it, and who it was given to, and what the uh, the, the the guiding principles or the boundaries of it was. Mm. Okay, God gave the law and instruction for life to His people, the Jews. And when He gave them these instructions, He always prefaced it by saying that it was either eternal, it was perpetual, that it was permanent. And so when you think about something that is eternal, perpetual, or permanent, that doesn't actually have a shelf life on it, mm. it's like there's no use by date for that. And that's that's actually seen throughout Scripture. There's so many Scriptures it isn't funny. Well,
0: there's lots, particularly in Exodus, it covers it a lot, and we'll read some of these verses today. Uh, Exodus 12 is uh, one of the uh, chapters where it's mentioned a few times. Uh, In verse 14, 17 and 24, speaking of the the Feast of Passover, and we've touched on this recently in other programs, uh, but verse 14 says, Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout Mm -hmm. your generations you Mm -hmm. are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. And then in verse 17, it says, You shall also observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. Mm. And then also in verse 24, he says, And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever.
1: Well, how long is forever? (laughs) I I mean, that's very clear, isn't it? That he was giving instructions to the Jewish people, and this was going to last forever. Uh, remember we talked about um, what it meant to be a, a bond slave mm. and how if a man wanted to become a bond slave, his master would pierce his ear with an awl to the door? Yeah. And in that particular instruction in Exodus twenty-one six, it says that once that had happened, he would serve him permanently. Mm. That's like for the rest of his life. Um, and then there is so many instructions regarding the priesthood uh, like Exodus twenty-seven twenty-one, it's This is regarding the priesthood in the tent of meeting Outside the veil which is before the testimony Aaron and his son shall keep it In order from evening to morning before the Lord And it shall be a perpetual statute Throughout their generations for the sons of Israel mm. That's like this is an ongoing thing As long as there is a generation of Israelis This is a perpetual yeah. command
0: well, it's uh, very similar words in the next chapter as well, in Exodus 28, where it talks about a statute forever to him and his descendants. And once again, talking about the priesthood, but it's that, you know, those words forever and uh, you know, perpetual. Like these are words that are talking about an ongoing promise. Yeah, they, they,
1: again, there's no use by, uh, use by date here. Um, Exodus twenty nine nine again, regarding the priesthood. Um, you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and bind the caps on them, and they shall have the priesthood by a perpetual state, and you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. So this is like the family line of Aaron. Mm. The, there was the whole tribe of Levites who were to serve within that priestly tribe, but as far as the actual priests, that belonged to Aaron's family. And this family tradition or calling was forever.
0: Mm. Well, there's another example of that in Exodus 30 talking about the priesthood, and then in Exodus 31 uh, it talks about the Sabbath, and once again those words throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. So, talking about observing the Sabbath, uh, celebrating uh, the Sabbath, and then in Leviticus 23 also talks about not doing any work on the Sabbath, but it says. This is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places.
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's interesting. You you mentioned uh, Exodus thirty one sixteen. That actually goes a little bit further and says that it's a uh, for throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. Mm. And we know that covenant is even more binding. Yeah. Um, then there's um Leviticus twenty five thirty four. Uh, That's regarding land ownership of the Levites throughout the land, and that says, "But pasture fields of their cities shall not be sold, for that is their perpetual possession." Mm. Um, actually, you know, maybe one day we could talk about the land inheritance and why that's that's fascinating stuff. But God didn't want the land to dissipate and get you know bled off here, there, and everywhere. There was structure in it, and this was forever. This was you know this. Of the land.
0: Another example is in Numbers, Numbers fifteen, fifteen, where it talks about another perpetual statute. This one's uh, regarding the assembling of Jews and Gentiles together. Yeah. It says, "As for the assembly, there shall be one statute for you and for the alien who sojourns with you, a perpetual statute throughout your generations. As you are, so shall the alien be before the Lord."
1: Yeah, and so here's God saying that this is perpetual. This is what my standard is, and it's going to be forever. So you come to this conclusion that what God gave as far as instructions, and, okay, you're talking about the priesthood and everything, that's all part of the law system, and it was for forever, but it was specifically to the Jewish people and to the alien living among them. Mm. All right? So this was for the Israelite people. I also want to look at some of the covenants. We've mentioned this. We've, We've only got a few minutes left, but I want to go through these covenants. We've mentioned them before. I want to list them out. And understanding that these are nearly all of them bar one is eternal and unconditional for the Jewish people. All right, there is the Abrahamic covenant, which with regard were regarding the descendants and how numerous they were going to be. Genesis twelve one to three. That is eternal and unconditional. There is the land covenant. You know, God gave a promise to His people for a geographical land mass as a homeland for the tribal people known as the Jewish people. That land covenant was eternal and unconditional. There's a number of references that will all be on the notes. Then there was the Levitical covenant. Okay, We've mentioned the priesthood. This was a perpetual line of priests to serve before the Lord for all generations. That's eternal and unconditional. One of the most famous ones, the Davidic covenant.
0: Once again, eternal and unconditional, but it was a perpetual line of kings from the family line of King David, and we've seen that, and obviously you can look at the genealogy and look at that line go through to Jesus, but that is an eternal and unconditional covenant, so it, exactly. it hasn't ended yet.
1: It hasn't <laughs> ended for. I mean, how long is forever? Yeah. You know. Then, okay, we like to focus on the new covenant, but the new covenant was actually given to the Jewish people. Mm. And that would then open up and embrace the Gentile world. That covenant is eternal and unconditional.
0: Another one is the Jerusalem covenant, which is a perpetual promise of the holy city uh, from where the Lord and his king would reign forever. Uh, This is uh, found in Ezekiel 16. But Mm -hmm. once again, it's an eternal and an unconditional covenant.
1: And the world may fight over that city and they might want to chop it up into little bits. But you do so, you do so at your own risk. Yeah. That's an eternal and unconditional covenant. Then there's the Mosaic covenant, which is a system of law and consequences. And if you look through the Mosaic covenant, it's filled with, if you do this or if you don't do that, then I'm going to mm. do this. So this was conditional and it had basically a limit to it because it said, once you break this, the covenant's broken. Okay, so Mm -hmm. that's the only covenant that God made with his people that was conditional and limited. Everything else was eternal, perpetual for all their generations. And again, are there Jewish people around the world today? Is there a a generation of Jews today? Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is, which means if that's the case then these particular laws and requirements or festivals, celebrations, remembrances, behaviours, they're all still in play. But we still haven't answered the question of what is actually the purpose of the law.
0: Well, that question will be answered next time on Foundations after we continue to unpack the purpose of the law.